0: Welcome to the Press 1 for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdale, and my guest this week is Amy Shore. Amy is an Executive Vice President and Chief Customer Officer for Nationwide. In this role, she's accountable for developing and executing Nationwide's customer strategy to maximize customer acquisition and drive retention to ensure that Nationwide delivers on its mission. In addition, Amy is responsible for managing Nationwide's corporate real estate and aviation departments. Amy, welcome to the Press 1 for Nick podcast.
1: Thank you for having me today.
0: You're welcome. So one question I ask every single guest at the very beginning is, what's one thing people might not know about you?
1: I was the uh, first person in my family to go to college. And so as a first-gen college student, I just so remember that experience of walking on campus and hoping people didn't figure out that I didn't belong there and or I didn't know what I was doing because I didn't have anyone in my background to help me be prepared for what it was going to be. That was Bowling Green State University. And now I actually serve on the board as a governor appointed trustee at Bowling Green, where still more than 25% of our incoming freshmen are first gen. And I just feel a lot of passion about how it can change their lives just like it changed mine.
0: How cool is that that you've done the full circle now where you are now on that board and having the ability to share that story with some of those, the 25%, when did you get past that feeling of uh, that? I don't belong.
1: Gosh, well, I'm in my late fifties. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Yesterday, no, I'm
0: yeah, a couple of days ago.
1: Yeah. A couple of days ago. You know, it depends on the situation. Sometimes, honestly, you know, I think all of us can still have that feeling in certain situations, but right now in my life, frankly, most of the time it's, if I'm, out of the house past eight thirty at night, I think, gosh, I don't belong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's true. It's um, I think it's sometimes hard to admit the imposter syndrome and and pull back the curtain of the Facebook version of life and saying, oh, I got this figured out. I, I yeah. nailed it. I, I'm an expertise. I have an expertise in everything. But yes, uh, admitting that you don't know everything and then surround yourself with the right people that potentially can help you uh, guide through that. The rough waters of the unknowns, uh, I think, is key.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: Very cool. So, you are the very first CCO at Nationwide. Uh, tell me about that. What What made Nationwide say, you know, what we really need to somebody to to stay that stay that course of that customer? Maybe, maybe go start there.
1: Sure. So, in the fall of 2019, we went through a CEO transition. Our longtime CEO of 10 years, Steve Rasmussen, retired and our new incoming CEO, Kurt Walker, really wanted to ground the organization in the fact that we're a mutual company and that we exist to serve our customers. And he's the one uh, working with this CHRO, said, let's create a chief customer officer position, knowing that it would need to be a position that was of influence, not ownership, because the 10 business units Still on the delivery of those customer experiences, wanted to put somebody in the position from inside the organization that could have kind of the street cred and the ability to influence. So they reached out to me and asked me if I'd be interested in the role, and and uh, I said yes. And then I did some a lot of googling and a lot of reading to understand what the role is, and then about a year to figure out how to build an organization that was going to fit inside. The ecosystem of nationwide, and uh, at the same time, we changed our mission from a pretty long, typical strategic written mission to nine simple words: "Is you know we exist to protect business people, businesses, and futures with extraordinary care." So when you put extraordinary care in your mission and your your slogan is "On your side," it centers you right
0: on the customer. I like those. For one, it's purposeful. Right. It's not this thing that just sits on the wall and you set it and forget it. It is something that seems to be driving the business forward and Mm -hmm. focusing on the care of the customer. And one thing I really appreciate too is that they didn't just hire somebody who had a CCO title, but somebody like yourself who has grown up in the organization and had the ability to go in different departments. And so you kind of had the voice of the employee along with the voice of the customer as you're rolling into the CCO role.
1: Mm -hmm. And another important constituent in our equation is we are over 95% B to B to C or B to B to B to C. So those intermediaries, whether it's wealth advisors, independent agents, wholesale brokers, uh, retirement plan sponsors, they're our customers as well because we gain access to the end customer through those intermediaries. And so, having had a lot of experience working with intermediaries and understanding that go-to-market, I think was really important for the success of our organization as well.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a lot of lot of opportunity for growth and a lot lot of learned. What does the role consist of? How do I surround that? How do I measure it? And I think when it comes to customer experience in general, and I think you know, based off of our conversations, you guys do a heck of a job. But that a lot of organizations don't necessarily align customer experience with business outcomes or business objectives. And so there's this disconnect and they're kind of fighting against each other instead of working together and running parallel as one and aligning those outcomes. So you have the ultimate success of focusing on the care of the customer is. Have you seen that too of of, across industries of the CCO role?
1: I have. And um, it can be one of the things I knew having come out of sales where every day you knew Am I winning and we're losing because of what's in my pipeline? What got booked today? I knew that we were going to have to align as closely as we could because there's no perfect measure with business outcomes. And I, I actually refer to them as customer outcomes. Are we, do we have more customers? Are they buying more or are they staying longer? You can link all of those behaviors back to a business outcome. And so, again, we, we also want more satisfied customers who have terrific experiences, but that should yield business outcome. Now, it's different for each of the 10 lines of business exactly what that could look like, whether it's a retention rate or assets under management or referrals, et cetera. But it, is, uh, it was very important. And as I attend conferences, you know, in the first year, I spoke to as many experts who would be willing to speak to me for free as I could, read so many books and had so many terrific supporters in the CX space. And um, the anchoring in the customer outcome connected to the business outcome. I have to give due credit to the Gene Bliss book, Chief Customer Officer 2.0, for really, uh, really helping me to understand that.
0: Yeah, Gene's great, and highly recommend the the 2.0 book along with. Would you do that to your mother? And any any other thing that she's written? She's mm-hmm. a, a great resource. So when it came, you you now are in this role. You've been in, in it for a while now. What were those customer experience initiatives that you wanted to to make sure that you started kicking off and what have you accomplished to date?
1: So I would describe it to our board that we were building the bike and riding it at the same time. So building the bike was about making them work sustainable. So uh, we used a Forrester competency framework of six key competencies that you need to build to be a strong CX organization and really aligned efforts around growing up six competencies sustainably across the organization. At the same time, however, you don't get credit for just building infrastructure, those bridges, bridges roads, and overpasses. You also have to deliver wins. So we focused also on what early wins can we deliver and it's not like we were doing nothing before my role existed. The businesses were already very focused on this work. What we were able to do, though, is just elevate it for everyone. I think. And so I think about the space, the the ground we've made in um, our contact centers, bringing now. Let me back rewind a little bit. In the meantime, we had a worldwide pandemic.
0: <laughs> just <laughs> and a small our thing. We
1: came to work, <laughs> yeah. so that accelerated both sides of that puzzle, the building the bike and riding the bike, we had it go faster. So um, I think about the space, uh, the ground we made up with our contact centers and getting the right technology in place to help our associates be effective and serving our customers. The ground we made in the digital space with our enterprise digital office in offering digital and self-service options In billing, with the ability to actually refund customers money without them having to get a paper check and take it to a physical bank, because by the way they were closed. (laughs) So lots and lots of early wins at the same time. It has to be sustainable. I think a lot of companies fail in this effort because they have they have wind in the sails for a little bit and then it dies out and then somebody else comes along and tries to start it up again. And my goal is that. You know, when I eventually retire someday, this lives on.
0: Yeah. So, what advice would you have for somebody who still has uh, wind in the sails per se, but they're losing steam or losing losing the wind at their back, and it's kind of hitting them at the side? And they're like, "Oh no, what do I got to do?" There's potentially a recession coming, and how do I make sure that they're the we turn our our objective so it aligns with the the wind at our back?
1: I have found that in our business, especially, we are such a data-driven organization that one of the most important pieces of infrastructure we put in place was the voice of the customer program, a really rich and highly effective voice of the customer program, because what that enables you to do is uh, set your priorities and pick your battles. Because in a time where we may be facing shrinking as as an economy, we're facing expense pressures. You have to make sure you're just really focusing on what's gonna make the biggest difference. And that robust voice of the customer program can really help inform because people are driven by uh, data-based decisions. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, How do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes.
0: Yeah, and I I hear a lot about data. I think data is obviously key and you want to do everything with the right data and making sure that it's clean data and, and uh, actionable. You know, a lot of people that are maybe have the data mindset aren't the greatest at telling the story of the data. So how are you or your organization at Nationwide being able to maybe tell the story back to the customer or even back into the contact center and saying, guys, here's some of the success that we're having. Here's some of the stories that we're telling where I've heard, um, I interviewed somebody at the the head of service at Whirlpool. And she's like, you know, we're getting wedding invitations because we saved somebody's rehearsal dinner and small stuff like that. I'm like, that's absolutely amazing. But you know, how important is that storytelling back into that voice of the customer?
1: It's critical. So I think your point about it has to be actionable data. So turning data into insights and then the insights into action is, is really the maturity level that, that everyone's aspiring to get to. Our, our next goal is then to turn it into something that can predict future behavior. But the story part for us, we recognize that early. And so we have uh, developed early a program called Mission Moments That Matter and this enables those stories that are specific to a customer that a person or a team was able to deliver something that made a different in a moment difference in the moment that really matters. And so if you think about the protection business that we're in whether that's the death of a loved one, the illness of a pet, saving for retirement, long-term care opportunities, we try to really connect it back to how does what we do help people? live better lives so that mission moment that matters program and then the other tool that we instituted is a state of the customer report at our company at lots of companies we generate a lot of reports financial reports etc but i wanted to have a publication that went to all associates in the company that really helped everyone to stay connected to who are our customers how are we serving them what are they saying about us what are new offerings that we have And so we do that uh, biannual state of the customer report across those ten lines of business.
0: So cool, and I love that—that it's that clear communication. Going back to even the mission statement of the nine words, it's it's purposeful, and you guys are doing it for a reason, not just to build another report or statement. Now I want to go back to the contact center because you started a lot of this in 2019 during this heading into the pandemic, and. You said you had the ability to update your technology and try to transform a lot of the customer service team. And uh, one of them was you had the opportunity to push everybody remote, <laughs> regardless of the size of the organization. That is a feat in a, in and of itself and how do you measure and how do you monitor and keep these people satisfied and engaged and keep those water cooler moments, which is uh, sometimes difficult. But you know, maybe tell me what some of that success looks like in that customer service operations team.
1: So the um, four our service operations are embedded in the businesses. So some were already fairly remote, maybe half. Others were more physical location based. Again, with the pandemic, everybody went home. Fortunately, we were able to deploy laptops very, very quickly, and MiFi's. You can't take for granted that all of your associates have the internet connectivity that they need in the home environment. And so so the equipment was a big piece of that, just to start right off the bat. The other thing we were able to do is we have Teams, and Teams has some really great capabilities embedded in it with regard to sharing of information and co-working. And then the last thing I would, I would call out is that we had already deployed uh, lean practices across our organizations as well. And those lean practices have things like daily huddles and stand-up meetings already embedded in the practice of a team. So just doing that virtually versus doing it standing at a physical whiteboard was the change. But the muscle for We Connect regularly. Um, already existed. Now, there were some things we had to learn as well, especially when it came to hiring and onboarding new people. And so redesigning all of your training to be remote and also um, that mentoring and that training buddy system uh, as we, as we matured into that. So there was technology, but there was also leadership and human behavior changes that were needed.
0: Yeah. That going back to the onboarding part of, of hiring and training, and saying this is how we've done it before and here's how we're going to do it now moving forward and uh one thing you touched on that i don't think a lot of organizations do is that mentor mentee program inside the contact center and i think that some people look at the technology they get all these interactions regardless if it's chat email sms social and voice and they're getting a little bit overwhelmed and you don't push them all at the same time and say hey you're going to get one call and this is what it's going to look like you're going to get one chat at a time but Mm -hmm. A lot of times when you have that mentor-mentee program and you have that ability to chat, if it's through Teams or somewhere else, it is that peace of mind saying, it's okay, Here, I've been there before and here's where, we're, where I failed, but this is what you're going to do with it. If you have the ability to, to record it and you kind of have that quality assurance or quality monitoring, you yeah. have the ability to even listen if that's the management level or if it's even that mentor that has the ability to listen and provide a little bit of feedback and for, from the research that I've done, I've noticed that the retention definitely uh, increases uh, when you have the ability to lean on somebody else, not necessarily a manager. Uh, what experience have you found with that mentor-mentee program and success you guys have had?
1: Well, I'll tell you, our overall, our company-wide employee retention is better than it was pre-pandemic. Now, we went through the great resignation and quick terms as everyone in america was trying to ramp up call center employees for example but we put some specific plans in a place to address that so i will say, i will say our quick terms are better our overall company retention quick term quick terminations i'm sorry quick terms is is a call center term where you know people go in and out quick mm-hmm. <laughs> um so but our, our everything's better but i don't know that i could say i could pinpoint that specifically because of that, that buddy system. I think it would be a combination of what we did with the accelerating our ability to deliver technology um, and our, our all of those practices together. One other thing I want to mention that we did around that same time though, which turned out to be very fortuitous timing. I'd love to tell you it was a brilliant plan, um, but you know, it it worked out very well as we put in place a a systematic customer feedback management platform that takes all of our recorded calls, texts, emails, chats, social posts, takes them in, processes them, and tells us uh, we can develop dashboards on a daily basis to tell us how we are doing and what the customer sentiment is. And that allows you to drill down and associate quality. And it allows us to drill down to an individual rep level and down to individual calls and so what we were able to recognize with that tool you know we wouldn't we didn't have the benefit of people sitting around in a cube hub going i have gotten five calls today about that uh, what it says on our statement and and someone else going i got those same calls too now we know this through a natural language processing system and we can identify maybe systems errors Or issues that are causing confusion and/or quality issues with a specific rep. So that's been a a big game changer for us that we're really learning how to take full advantage of.
0: Now we're just going to geek out about podcast or about uh, contact center. I I can sit here for the next day talking about this, (laughs) but I love uh, NLP and machine learning and and even coming up. I think you were talking about being proactive and having that next best action for those customer service reps or. Um, understanding what that customer sentiment is. If somebody is saying, I want to talk to a manager, I want to cancel my service, I want to do this and that, it mm-hmm. has the ability to uh, alert uh, leadership and uh, the, so they can jump in and, and even listen to the call, provide advice at the right time to keep the customer. And maybe it's just a miscommunication of what's going on. And if somebody is new to that contact center, they may be a little bit overwhelmed and be like, uh, you know what? I'm sorry to hear about that. Let's just get you canceled instead of actually asking that clarifying question. Mm-hmm. It sounds like sounds like we let you down. Where did we do that? How can we improve that process? And if you understand what that is, then you could potentially save that save that the the customer and and increase that customer lifetime value. So uh, again, I can geek out about this all day and and appreciate you you letting me geek out for about 20 seconds there. But you know, so 2023 is, is here and it's coming fast, but uh, what are you most excited about uh, as a chief customer officer in 2023 at Nationwide?
1: You know, we've we've just got so much momentum continuing to go and so much continued support from our CEO, my peers on his team and our board for continuing to make customer experience a sustained competitive advantage across all of our lines of business. You know, as, as a mutual company, we take a long view. Um, we are through almost all of our core systems transformations. So the things that we're going to be able to do with our intermediaries and partners um, to be even more preferred partners to them and embed into their um, their ecosystems and the things we're going to be able to do for customers, I, um, I'm super excited about. And I know that there's a, reten- a recession on the horizon, you know, we're a company that's going to be a hundred years old in, in uh, 2026. We've, we've kind of survived all of it and, and come out stronger on the backside of those kinds of things. Um, because we have this diverse portfolio of, of products. So.
0: Yeah. hundred years is a long time and you've been through some battles and, and <laughs> came out stronger. Sometimes, uh, battles, you come out, um, wounded and other times it forges you to make you stronger as a, as a whole. So. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I love what Nationwide is doing. I'm super excited about what the opportunity that you have as a chief customer officer there. But um, the last two questions I have for every single guest is the first one is what book or person in customer service or customer experience has influenced you the most in the past year? So I'll pause there.
1: You know, I would say I am. I'm going to give credit to a group. I am part of a uh, group that um, is sponsored by Deloitte that's called Human Experience. And it's this consortium of CX and human resources leaders coming together, understanding that the employee experience and the customer experience are so um, codependent upon each other. And so this Human Experience group um, and the material that we're, getting access to through that group has is, is been really, really good.
0: Mm, that's so cool. Yeah, I love the the collaborations that I've heard across the world of people that kind of meet with the meeting of the minds if it's monthly or quarterly or even annual. And it's really cool to to see that. So uh, awesome to hear about the the human experience side. I love that. Uh, the last question I have for you, Amy, is if you could leave a note to every single customer service professional, and it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at eight AM. What would it mm-hmm. say.
1: Please listen.
0: Period. So simple. It kind of brings you back to that mission statement. It's it's so simple but so powerful. I love that. And I could interview you, uh, continue this conversation for for a long time. <laughs> but I, I appreciate your time and and looking forward to to the success you're going to continue to have. So I'll I'll, I'll be cheering you on from the sidelines. But. Uh, what's the best way for people to find you or to or find Nationwide?
1: Well, certainly I'm on LinkedIn and uh, you, can, you can find me there. And I would just ask folks that if they're customers of Nationwide and they have any feedback for us, they can reach me at ShoreA at Nationwide.com. And uh, then from Nationwide, certainly we have an extremely robust Um, social media presence on Instagram and Facebook, as well as the nationwide website is full of information, including the annual report that's about to be released.
0: Very good. Thank you so much, Amy. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing this episode with them. And last, if you would like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, You can go to press1forNick.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press 1 for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share.
1: Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this
0: session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.